What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Angry Jim Podcast. I'm your host, Angry Jim, and t- tonight's guest is Kevin Fortier of Philly's Flyer and Flyer's Face-Off. Kevin, how's it going? Good, Jim. Thanks for letting me play with you tonight. <laughs> it's my pleasure, Kev. Uh, I was looking forward to having you on. Um, tonight, we have some positive things to talk about for once this year. We have, obviously, Calder Hart. Uh, the Flyers are on a nice point streak of 9 one uh, no longer a win streak, but hey, that's okay. Um, they had a, they're coming off a nice win last night against the Anaheim Ducks, uh, 6-2 win. And who's not beating the Ducks uh, these days, right? Um, big news out of Anaheim at, uh, after the Flyers beat them. And it seems like, I think the Flyers have uh, fired a couple coaches this year, not just their own. Uh, Randy Carlisle was fired today. Um, so He should have been fired. Oh my God, I, I can't believe how long he hung around. What were they, 2, 16, and 4, something like that? Well, they, they had lost 18 of their last 20 games and now 19 of 21. I don't even know how that's possible in the NHL of today where you know there's so much parity across the league. And what's insane is there are only five games under 500, something, something like that. And they're still, not that they're going to be in the hunt, but if they, if they turn things around magically, they're in the playoff hunt. Like they're only a couple points out, I think. The West is a little bit weird. The Avalanche are the same way. They started out really hot. Uh, now they're near the bottom. It's just it's amazing. The Flyers would be in the playoffs if they were in the Western Conference. Yep. Um, and after Monday, who knows? Maybe they'll be only four points out, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So Calder Hart, is he real? can he realistically win the Calder Trophy, do you think, Kev? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's certainly a possibility. You know, it's typically... You see, um, you, you don't see young guys in that do so well coming up, you know, especially their first time up. And him being, you know, only 20 years old, uh, he's he's obviously played really well, you know, won eight in a row now. Uh, over that time span, his uh, over those eight wins, he's got a 2.375 goals against and a .934 save percentage. So, I mean, he's he's doing everything right in net. And they were even giving up a lot of chances against Anaheim in that in, early in the, in the uh, first period yesterday. And luckily, you know, Hart was coming up big to keep him in that game. So it'll be interesting. The the one thing I, you know, and I meant to look up, I I, I forgot to do it. Uh, Jordan Bennington for for St. Louis is actually having an insane um, uh, run since he's been called up. I, I think his goals against is below two. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean it's is it, it it's certainly possible. Elias Patterson has been the odds on favorite all season, but you know if Carter Hart carries the Flyers, you know into the playoffs and they win around or something. You know, you, you certainly got to give him, you know, a, a good look. I uh, 100% agree. I mean, I think I talked about this on a, a past show where he's not only come in and, and done his job, he has completely changed the mentality of the team. Um, they look completely different since he's been back there in net. Um, they've had six, six or seven other guys. And, uh, I mean, if you're a player and you're playing in front of some of those guys, it's like, you never know what's gonna what's gonna go in with Carter Hart. He's like a machine back there. Um, you can give up some of the softer shots and and know that he's gonna stop them. Um, not that you don't have to work as hard in front of him, um, but you don't have to go all out to stop the stupid stuff. If that makes sense, um, you could see the confidence 
in the team has grown, um, which I think is is Carter Hart. Um, he 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 not only played his he's not only playing his position he completely changed the team and to me that I mean not just Calder but that if he's in the net for the entire year he could be mentioned for MVP. Um, who knows? Um, I'm gonna go yeah. down. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, I was just gonna say um, you know I've actually had over the last few days some some pretty good battles on Twitter with some guys who I would actually call angry, unlike <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Um, you know, because I was saying that Carter Hart was the major reason for the turnaround for the Flyers, and some of these guys are saying, no, no, it was Scott Gordon, you know, playing the young guys, and, and I just didn't agree. And I think the biggest thing was what you, you saw and what was so surprising was the the constant turnovers, especially in the Flyers' zone end, coming from guys like Provorov and, you know, and the other, you know, really strong players. And it seemed like they were – always panicking to try to get the puck out of their own end and they were making mistakes which would lead you know uh to to turnovers and end up in, in the uh, back of the flyers net when hart came in he was making saves on those plays so they suddenly they weren't panicking they weren't rushing to try to you know to get the puck up ice you know immediately they were able to kind of slow it down a little bit make some better plays and then like you were saying, that confidence started, you know, building throughout, you know, the whole roster. And suddenly you had, you know, JVR getting, you know, on fire. And and then it was, you know, like he had a, a hat trick and a whole bunch of goals in a couple of days. And Couturier has a hat trick and he's, you know, scoring great. And, you know, then you saw Nolan Patrick have a hat trick and Oscar Lindblom was playing well. So it was, you know, it wasn't just one or two guys. You know, the confidence was, was building you know, with everybody. And now Provorov looks back to his old self. So I think that everything started from, from Hart being in net and it just, you know, went forward through the, you know, the roster from there. That's actually really good points. And, and when, when you brought up guys like Provorov, maybe pressing or making dumb mistakes, uh, that was a really good point. Whereas if, if he does make a mistake, which, which happens, you know, it's okay to make a mistake once in a while, but he knows that he's not necessarily going to pay for it where, um, if you have a guy like Neuverth or uh, Lyon back there, somebody like that, you never know. If you make that mistake and it ends up in the back of your net every time, you start to get a little bit down on yourself. Um, Even with, with Elliot, you know, and, yeah. and, and as soon as they got down one or two goals, you could just see the entire team deflate because they knew that they just weren't going to end up winning. Yeah. You uh, know, and then they'd end up losing by four or five goals every night. Yeah, that's very true. And then... Like if you know you have to score, I think there I had a stack going around while Hackstall was still the coach. I can't remember exactly what it was, but the the Flyers had to score four times to win a game. Uh, their record when they didn't score four times was pretty terrible. I think it was like one ten and one at some point like that. Um, yep. So if you have to score f- four goals every night to win a game, you're going to lose most nights. It just doesn't happen like that. Um, and they had they had guys coming back like JVR and even Coots was coming back from injury. Um, obviously, they had the revolving door in the goalie position. I, I'm missing one more guy too. One guy was kind of bouncing around back and forth with an with an injury. Um, I don't think it was Andy McDonald, but they had a couple guys that had so, some slow starts that I think maybe was due to injury. So it seems like now maybe everything's coming together. You know, they got rid of the GM that was kind of handcuffing the coach or. And not saying that Hackstall's great, so I'm not giving him any credit by saying that. But um, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll get angry. <laughs> I, 
I, I kind of heard a little uh, sigh over there, so I had to sneak that in. Um, I, I think the changing of the coach with from Hackstall to Gordon, where they're two completely different coaches, where um, I think a team like this, uh, and maybe we're getting off topic here a little bit, but it's okay. Um, they need a guy like Scott Gordon as opposed to Dave Hackstall. And I, I thought originally that Dave Hackstall was going to be the Scott Gordon type of guy. Um, who these young players need? Like, have have you watched Scott Gordon during interviews, or have have you read anything that he's he's said lately? Um, I, I can't recall anything specific, but I mean, you know, unlike unlike Hackstall, you don't see him throwing guys under the bus post game, which is nice for a change. Oh yeah, and I'm sure you know the players hear that, and you know they're watching. Like, this is your coach throwing you under the bus, man. Like, what the hell? He's supposed to be your like your leader. Um, so what I see from a guy like Scott Gordon is he's kind of lighthearted. He, he looks yep. like he's like a player's kind of coach, you know, um, and the, the guys enjoy playing for him. And that could take away some of the stress of, of playing a, a game uh, of which we all kind of forget that it is. It's just a game and you're supposed to have fun when you play the game which it looks like he's kind of bringing in, maybe reminding these guys, like, hey, make sure you go have fun out there. And that makes it easier on the young guys. Well, and, and you also, you can see, you know, Hackstall had hard-ons for, you know, Konechny, Lindblom. I mean, he kept Lindblom on the fourth line for almost an entire month. I mean, it just, it made absolutely no sense. And don't even get me started with Dale Weiss on the second line. I'm just going to blow my gasket here. But... <laughs> But you, but you could see, you know, it's like as soon as they made a mistake, you know, they, it was almost like they, you could see them looking over their shoulder waiting, you know, because they knew they were going to get yanked and they were going to sit for almost an entire period, you know. And, and now you, you you don't have that pressure on them, so it's less likely that they're going to end up making that mistake. Um, and, and then, you know, they end up sitting and, and, you know, it hurts their confidence, you know, et cetera. So, yeah, like you were saying, I mean, he, Gordon is much more of a, of a – a, of a player's coach. Yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of a people guy first and then like a coach second, you know. And I think that that's kind of what these kids need. I don't think you can really develop somebody by by punishing them. Um if you're a coach, your job is to coach. If somebody makes a mistake, you coach them up. They do it better next time. Especially if you don't have the expectations of winning a Stanley Cup. If your job is to develop guys, develop players and develop them, dude. Right. Um so anyway, let's get back on tra- on the track here. Carter Hart, uh let me see. Can can do you think he continue can continue the way he's playing? Um, and I know the team's on a nine zero and one streak. Do you think he can continue this play with the team giving up the chances that they are? Well, I mean that's the one thing that I've I've said a couple of times. You know, even over the last um, you know the last couple of wins here. Uh, well, and, and even the overtime loss, you know, against against L.A., they, they gave up 39 shots. You know, they gave up, I think, 33 against Anaheim, 39 against Vancouver. So they're, they're, they're in this stretch where they've been playing, you know, the Western Conference teams that are, are not in the playoff hunt, and they're still giving up a ton of chances, and Hart's keeping them in the games. Now, the same things were happening, you know, they played against Boston, they got badly outplayed in, in the first period and even part of the second period of that game, you know, but he was making a lot of saves and in a couple of those other games. I mean, I don't see anything in, in him in particular that makes me think that suddenly his level of play is, is going to dip. It seems like, you know, positionally, um, you know, mentally, uh, he, his total uh, – 
you know, uh, ability to just have the puck stick to him. You know, he's not giving up bad rebounds. I mean, structurally, his play is just spot on. So, um, I mean, unless he goes through some serious mental lapses, I, I don't necessarily foresee him starting to play poorly. It would be nice if the team could really clean up uh, the turnovers, you know, really cut down on the chances, you know, that they're giving up. And, you know, then they should, you know, really uh, be in a good position to continue that win streak. But, you know, we'll see how, how that uh, keeps going. Absolutely. Um, so during this little point streak now, uh, I keep wanting to say win streak. Man, I wish they would have won against the Kings. We would have a nice 10-game win streak to talk about here. Um, during this win streak or, or point streak, who has stood out to you the most um, that's contributed to what's happening now? Well, you know, like I just said, uh, I, I think it's been a, a pretty widespread um, success story. Um you know, uh, JVR when uh, when he got moved up to that to the top line, he started playing really well, and he was you know chipping in goals left and right, and then it you know went to Couturier, but you know JVR was still playing well, and you know then Nolan Patrick, uh, Lindblom, Simmons had a couple of good games in there. You know Giroux was always there. Uh, Voracek's been racking up the assists. Provorov looks more like himself. Sandheim has been playing tremendous. Yes. Um, you know, he, he, he chipped in or, or he played like 26 minutes a uh, couple of games ago. So his, his time on ice has, has gone up, you know, dramatically. Um, he looks really good out there. He's not making, you know, the, some of the mistakes that he, you know, was regularly making before. Um, so he's looked really good. I mean, I think it's been – it, it, it's been a really balanced turnaround. Um, you know, Couturier's got probably, I think, the longest uh, point streak going right now and, and goal streak. Um, but it's, it's really been up and down the, the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to pick out. It's hard to pick out a couple guys because um, you're right. It's been up and, da- up and down the lineup. The, the whole mentality of the team has changed. Um, you can go. You can give credit to Carter Hart, but you know, in rea- he's not the guys that are scoring the goals. So I mean, you have to give credit to the other guys as well. Guys like Nolan Patrick stepping up. He he scored his first power play goal of the year the other night um, against Anaheim. I mean, it's against Anaheim, but it still counts. You know, um, I'm looking here at the box score. Uh, Couturier another goal, his 23rd of the year. I thought he had two assist. Yep, two assists. So I mean, Couturier, I think we we overlook a lot of the time. Um, because he doesn't really stand out, and he doesn't really uh, have the highlight real type goal. No. But he is sure as hell consistent when he gets going. It seems. Yep, and and if you look at the last two games, um, Anthony Stolarz has stopped seventy five of seventy seven shots um, for a nine seven four save percentage and uh, a one point goals against over the last two games. So both your your young goaltenders, your you know, rookie goaltenders, are playing really well. So I mean, it's it's across the board. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm not sure if I've ever seen. I mean, I know when a, a team gets a new coach, you know, they kind of surge for a little bit. But the Flyers, I think they won three or four under Scott Gordon, and they they proceeded to lose like their next couple of games. And now uh, this looks like. 
uh, I, I can't see them going back the other way at this point, you know. Uh, it looks like this is who they are as long as these young guys keep going. I want to believe that this is it. You know, this is um, this is who they should have been all year long. Um, and I, I think they're getting solid play from guys like Gudis. Um, Robert Hag doesn't necessarily stand out during the course of a game, but I think that's a good thing for him. Um, Ivan Provorov has picked up his game lately for sure. I'm missing somebody here. You mentioned Travis Sanheim. I love Sanheim. Uh, I, I would love to see him more on the power play. He had a, I think he had a two-game stretch, I want to say, against Boston and possibly Edmonton where he was on the ice for both game-winning goals. I think he had the game-winning goal against Boston. Yep. And then he had the game-winning assist, I believe, against Edmonton. Uh, I think. Oh, you know what? That was JVR and Patrick. He may, maybe he got credit for one, but he's really improved his play big time this year compared to last. And he can only get better. That's the thing with a lot of these guys, Kevin. What a, what a lot of people forget, there were some people, uh, and there's always going to be these people saying trade guys like Nolan Patrick. Um, I was one of the, I, I'm not afraid to admit, I was one of the guys right before he, he got a little hot. I suggested, you know, maybe put him down in the minors a little bit. Maybe it'll change his mentality a little bit. He'll come back up fresh. You know, who knows? But it looks like he got his he got the kinks worked out up here. He's only 20 years old. Like, what were you doing when you were 20 years old? Do you remember? I can't say. Uh, you can't say it on the. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a gag rule in effect. <laughs> That's what I mean, though. Like, like when I was 20 years old, I can tell you, like I was out at bars. Who the hell knows what I was doing? I wasn't focused on, you know, playing hockey. That's for sure. And, and these these kids are 20 years old, Carter Hart included, and. You know they're going up against these grown men who have done this for for years, and they're making it look look easy. So I think for guys like Nolan Patrick, we need to temper our expectations. We need to, um, at least for me, we have to remember that this is a 20 year old kid. He he's going to develop. He's going to grow, and just let it play out. And hopefully this is what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean even um, uh, Travis Konechny has quietly he has nine points in his last ten games. Wow. But he, it, he doesn't really stand out, but he's he's been consistently, you know, chipping in, you know, of late as well. Um, and the and the power play was another thing that really turned. I mean, their their power play had dropped to, you know, thirty first in the league. I mean, they were they had been running at thirteen percent for quite a while, and and now they've moved up to twenty uh, fourth. Wow. I think on the on the power play, the penalty kills got better. Um, you know, they they uh, they're still they're twenty eighth. But they, the last ten or fifteen games have been, you know, uh, killing a much higher uh, range. It's just they gave up so many, you know, in, in the first uh, half of the season. Yeah, and it was like automatic. Like, oh my god, pa- uh, penalty kill goal, penalty kill yeah. goal. Yeah. So you're right. They're slowly improve, improving in all facets, and um, it's it's really it's really good to see. It's fun to watch Flyers hockey again. Finally, thank God. Um, so I have I've, uh, a guy that sometimes we forget to bring up when we mention positives uh, about the Flyers because there's so many maybe other guys that we want to talk about, like Nolan Patrick, um, like Travis Sanheim, guys that you know we want to see grow and improve. How about a guy like Jake Voracek? Um, what do you think about his play of late? Well, I mean, Jake, he's always going to get assists and he'll chip in 
goals, but he's never been a big goal scorer. No. You know, it's it's really it's frustrating sometimes to watch because you know there there will be nights or, or you know parts of games where you know he, he's he just looks like he's absolutely on fire. He's flying up and down the ice, and then there's times where he just looks like he's just completely disinterested. You know, he's blindly making backhand passes that get picked off and, you know, rushes go the other way. Um, I've never been a fan of his contract. Um, I actually, I was writing for a blog that's not around anymore um, back that year that he had that, you know, that that big season where he almost won the, uh, the scoring race. And I was saying, you know, please, God, do not give him a Giroux contract. You know, because he, he's he's kind of all over the place. And one of the things that you always see with him, he runs up totals in the first half of the season, and then his second half of the season drops off significantly. You know, even that season, you know, I went back and looked at the numbers. He was only on, what was it? He, he scored on a, a 54-point pace the, from January 1st on that season. And that's pretty typical you know, when he's had the big, these big seasons, his his back end, his set, the second half of January first on, is is way down from the first half of the season. So, you know, and, and now he's he signed that eight year, you know, eight eight point three million dollar contract, which I think is is just going to end up being, um, you know, a, an anchor uh around the, you know the, the flyers so he's one of the guys that's you know i know this is something we're going to talk about going forward but you know if, if they can get a, a really good you know deal uh he, i would consider moving him at the trade deadline yeah um i mean depending on what they get back and and if they don't have to take any money i mean ideally not take any money off that contract um i mean I, in-season player deals, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think the... I'll be honest, and I know we're going to touch on this. I don't I don't see them doing anything too crazy, and I think we're, a lot of us are going to be disappointed. I think a lot a lot of people know or, or think that Simmons is going to be traded, and, and I'm one of them. I hope, he's, I hope he gets moved. Um, probably if they're going to do something big, I imagine during the offseason. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that... Uh, I, I, I've been right there with you, hoping that he gets moved at the trade deadline. Um, the the way that they're playing now, you know, certainly makes it seem like they might be less likely to be willing to part with somebody. The thing with Simmons, though, is if they don't move him, then he's a free agent and he just walks. And you don't want to see him potentially, you know, if, if they don't resign him, right? Then, then you lose him and you don't get anything in return. So... Uh, I would certainly look for them to, to try to get, you know, some decent assets back for him at the trade deadline. Um, that would make them probably less likely to do something with, with Jake, um, you know, unless somebody's willing to overpay. Yeah, and you know what, since, since we're touching on this stuff, we, we could stay on this topic here. Um, so for a guy like Wayne Simmons, what ideally, what would you like to get back for him? Well, we're certainly not going to get back... Um, anywhere near the type of return that you know we would have gotten going into uh, you know the first part of last season or, or the, the you know the the summer before right where you would have thought that given that they they just got two first rounders for Braden Shen you know you would have thir- you would have, you would have thought that you would at least get that much you know for Wayne Simmons um, now if they could in, 
can get a first and you know a prospect or something you know that may be about as good as they're going to get a first and a prospect yeah i would say if they if they got a first and a prospect i would say yeah that's that's good that's for me that's that's kind of what i expect them to get at this point earlier in the year when i like watching wayne simmons i would say you're nuts if 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 he would get you anything more than a second round pick um after seeing what Nashville did and and going back and looking at some past trade deadline deals um he's I think he's definitely going to at least get you a one it's probably going to be to a, a playoff team Stanley Cup contender type team so they'll probably end up getting at least a prospect with the one because the one will most likely uh be a late one uh and then so I went back and looked up the Rick Nash trade from last year, and I mentioned this in a, a previous podcast, I think on FHW Radio. Um, by the way, we changed our name to HW Radio, just throwing that out there real quick. Um, so Boston gave up a 2018 first-round pick. Uh, Ryan Spooner, who I think was just traded for who this year? Uh, Astrom? Was that yeah. right? Yeah. So Ryan Spooner, Matt Bolesky, uh, a prospect and a 2019 fourth round pick for Rick Nash. Um, now that sounds like a lot. Matt Pileski's in the minors this year. 2019 fourth round pick, big deal. Ryan Spooner's not on the team anymore. Uh, so the 2018 first round pick. Either is Rick Nash. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so Wayne Simmons is four years younger. He's, I, I think he's the prototypical trade deadline acquisition for a playoff team. Tough guy. Uh, locker room leader, uh, power play scorer, he's physical. He, I think he's the guy you want. If you're looking to trade for a guy, he's the guy you want. Um, I mean, we all know what Chuck, Chuck Fletcher uh, is looking for. Uh, I don't know if he's looking for a goalie so much anymore. Maybe he's looking for the vet, a veteran-type guy. I, I don't think so. Uh, I think I think Anthony Stolarz has kind of put that to rest. Um He's looking for a top 4D, which if they can find a top 4D and they can find someone to trade with them in season, I'll be shocked. Um, And a top 9 center. So I'm not sure what they get in return for Simmons, but, you know, there's that. So that's that's on the Flyers' wish list. Uh, So, yeah, like you said, the general consensus is that it'll bring back a 1 and a prospect. So if they get that, I'm okay with that. Yeah, supposedly Boston and Toronto uh, are are still really interested in Simmons, from what I've been reading. Uh, Nashville had been, but you got to think that they're probably out now. Uh, even Edmonton had been showing interest in Simmons, but now that they're out of the playoff race, I don't know. I mean, although he would be good for for you know a lot, they've got so many you know young stars on that team. He would certainly be a good guy to have around the locker room. Um, for sure, uh, but you know the, the the thing with like we you were just saying about the the top four D and and the uh, the uh, uh, top, top nine, nine center, you know if he goes to a playoff team, they're not going to want to give up roster assets. So you're looking at like we said, you know a pick and a, and a prospect. Um, whereas if you move him to somebody that's not going to you know necessarily make it the playoffs, then you might get more of a you know a current return for him. But uh, I think it's probably more likely, you know, that he does go to a, a playoff contender, you know, and, and you're looking at, you know, uh, you're not looking at anything that's going to help the team, you know, as the, uh, for the rest of the season this year. Yeah, uh, good point by you. Uh, you know who keeps bringing up Boston and Toronto? Uh, Jack from uh, 
HW Radio. He seems to think that the Flyers can pit them two against each other and, and give them to the highest bidder. Um, that, so that was interesting that you mentioned those two teams. Um, for me personally, I, I would like to see him traded to a West Coast team. I don't want to see him on an Eastern Conference team. I don't want to see him in a Bruins uh, sweater. I don't want to see him in a, in a Leaf sweater. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. A huge Wayne Simmons guy. Uh, if he goes to Tampa, I'll be honest. I, I really... Tampa's like, you know, what? I, I, if he goes to Tampa, that's fine. And he wins a cup in Tampa, I don't care, because who really cares about Tampa Bay? Um, so I have uh, a couple teams that I, I found were interested still. Winnipeg's obviously one of them. That, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I would like to see him traded there. You know, it's, he's far away, as far as possible. And, and I like that team. I think it's a big physical team. I think he would fit in with them up there. Yeah, um, he would. <clears throat> so I have... Uh, I don't know if Colorado's still interested in adding pieces. They they need a lot of help on that team. I'm not sure Wayne Simmons would put them over the top, but they are they're still rumored. Um, let me Tampa see. would be a good fit. I had I hadn't really given them much thought, but um, but yeah, because they've got a lot of smaller uh, forwards that zip around the ice and score. You know, he would complement them pretty well. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> what did I have here? So we mentioned that was annoying. Yeah. So we mentioned uh, the Flyers having uh, looking to, for a veteran goalie. Chuck Fletcher looking for a veteran goalie now. Brian Elliott is due to come back soon. What do you think they do when he returns? Well, I've been thinking about that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, given the play of of Stolarz and and Hart, um, you know, if they if they don't showcase him in a game or two uh, and then look to see if they can get somebody to bite on him, because he would certainly be a solid backup um, for, you know, most teams out there, especially a team looking to, you know, to make a deep playoff run. Uh, he can make a lot of saves in a game. He's not, you know, that flashy guy. But uh, prior to, you know, the, the end of last year, um, the last month or so of last year and then and you know this season he he'd pretty, been a pretty durable uh goalie you know he played a lot of games for the flyers uh last year and um you know if, if he's healthy i think you know he, he would be a, a a solid addition um and i i certainly don't see them going out and getting a vet uh veteran goalie at this point and would 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 like to see them you know look at uh trying to get something you know it won't be they won't get much for him but you know at least get something uh on the way back that could you know potentially be part of another package to you know maybe go after you know a mark stone or somebody uh going forward yeah i would say that that makes perfect sense if, if he's going to start in any games i would imagine it'd be for the sole purpose to showcase him a little bit uh, to i guess prove that he can still play to prove that he's healthy enough to play um, I don't. I don't have any ill will, ill will against uh, a guy like Brian no. Elliott. I think he, when he played, he 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 he, he played hard. Uh, you have to. Anytime a guy comes back and he plays injured, I, I have to commend him a little bit. But he um, maybe he shouldn't have at sometimes. You know, uh, I think now that we have Carter Hart up here and Anthony Stolarz, uh, I, I think let them take the reins and let them go. I think. A guy like Brian Elliott, if you're going to play him, it, the sole purpose would be to showcase him, just to trade him, to get whatever you can for him. Because I think he's still, if he's healthy, he could still help out a team like maybe Toronto 
Um, I watched a game last night where Freddie Anderson got run over, and uh, I think he's had, what was it, concussion issues this year? Yeah. Okay. So last night it ended up being his shoulder, but there's always that scare. Um, is this going to be another one? And, and who are they going to turn to? Because um, they have a couple guys. I think they have Hutchinson and Garrett Sparks, and they may have one more. But a guy like Brian Elliott would really solidify that, that veteran backup spot for the Leafs. Um, so, yeah, if, if they were to play Elliott, that's what I would like to see. I'd be okay if they played him a game or two before the trade deadline. And then hand the reins over to Hart and Stolarz because they, they proved more than capable. So, go ahead. Do you have something you wanted to say there? No, no, I, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> okay. All right, so looking ahead a little bit, the Flyers are 9-0-1. And if you want to include the, the Stars and the, the Devils game before that, they're 10-1-1 in their last 12. Um, their next couple games, they have a huge divisional game tomorrow night at the Wells Fargo Center against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are currently only six points ahead of the Flyers. I believe they're on a four-game losing streak, which is perfect because they get to come into our house, get beat down by us, the fly, by the Flyers, and, and the Flyers move into four points, within four points. Um, how do you see tomorrow's game matching up? What do you, what do you, what do you foresee tomorrow, Kev? Well, um, unfortunately... Pittsburgh has kind of dominated the Flyers um, on home ice here, uh, on Flyers home ice, the last couple of seasons, especially uh, in in the playoffs. Well, actually all last year, I think they scored five goals in every game they played in Philly, uh, five or more. Um, And, you know, they were all blowout games. Now, uh, Pittsburgh has definitely been struggling. I think they lost five of of seven um and they're three six and ten i mean sorry three six and one in, in their last ten um but you know they they always these teams always get up for each other um you know it, it's it's gonna you know it should be a good game um you know pittsburgh is gonna be fired up i think i think they're pretty much healthy um i'm not yeah, they, they are. See. They have all the the guys that you know that matter anyway. Crosby, Gensel, Malkin. Yeah. The yeah, um, yeah, it looks like they are pretty healthy. So you know, I, I think it'll it should be a good game. It's going to be a good test for the Flyers. Uh, it's you know it's going to be an emotional game. Um, so. It looks like know. they're having trouble keeping the puck out of their net. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm looking at the, their past couple games. They, yeah, they and, and Matt Murray has has not been Matt Murray this this season at all. Um, now they they definitely have the advantage uh, on the power plays. Their their power I'm sorry on the special teams. Their power play is seventh. Uh, penalty kill is ninth. So so they're pretty solid there, and they're sixth in goals for. Um, but you're right. It's it's been keeping the puck out of the net. That's been their problem of late. Yeah, I think I think if we're gonna get them tomorrow night's the night to pounce on them. It looks, I'm only going back to maybe uh, the middle of January here. Uh, they had a nice solid winning streak in the beginning of January, um, but since losing five to three to the Blackhawks, they they haven't won more than two games in a row. Um, they have they actually only have five wins in the last almost month. Um, they have two two game losing streaks and they're currently on a four game losing streak. Uh, where they've given up five, three, four, three, three. They haven't given up under two goals. I'm sorry, under three goals. They've only done it once. So having trouble keeping the puck out of their net. Um, 
I, I, I know we don't look at plus minus as much, um, but guys that are usually plus on this team are minus this year. Uh, so I think tomorrow night is a, a night to pounce on this team and, and beat the living hell out of them. Uh, who do we have after Pittsburgh? We have uh, Minnesota. We have Minnesota. Yeah. yeah so that's that's a Tuesday night game. Uh, how do you see that going for the Orange and Black? Um, Chuck you know, Fletcher's that, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, Stoli will probably get the uh, the start for that game. Um, Devin Dubnik shut the Flyers out both games last season, but we beat them seven four a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, if Dubnik is hot, he's you know he's tough to beat. Uh, Minnesota certainly doesn't have a lot of uh, firepower. Um, you know, and, and the, their big guns are, are definitely you know cresting and and kind of rounding down on the you know on their uh, peak of their career. So, you know, I think it's certainly a winnable game. It's going to really just depend on um, if, if they can get to Dubnik early. For sure, I think that's the key because once once he gets in a rhythm, he's certainly tough to beat. As you said, he shut the Flyers out twice. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a tough one for the Flyers. I, I would hope that they win it, but after an emotional game on a Monday night at home and then having the, to go up to Minnesota right away, uh, who, who I think will be waiting for them. I have to double-check their schedule. Um, I think That's a really good point. I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. I mean, there could be a big emotional drop-off after that Pittsburgh game, uh-huh. and so that, that could be a trap game. Yeah, uh, I think last week, or maybe it was the week before. The first game when they came back from the break, they had Winnipeg first, um, and and they won. And and I'm not saying that they got lucky, but I think they were lucky that that was the first game they had after the break because I don't think Winnipeg was uh, as as finely tuned as they would have liked to be. Uh, I think not long after that, they scored six in the first against Anaheim, but everybody's doing that. So, um, so anyway, they beat the Jets 3-1, and then the next night they had to turn around and go to New York and play a, a team like the Rangers where they snuck out with a one nothing win. This is kind of the opposite, where they have the big emotional game first, and then they go up to Minnesota against an out-of-conference out of team uh, the next night. So I, I think that could be the letdown game. Maybe they lose in regulation, something like that. And then... Uh, yeah, and, they, and Minnesota doesn't play tomorrow, so you're right. They are waiting for the Flyers. Okay, there you go. Yes, I mean, if they do lose to Minnesota, obviously I want them to win, but it's not the end of the world for me as long as they beat Pittsburgh. And then they have a home-and-home home with Detroit. How do you see that playing out? Well, uh, the problem the Flyers have had over the last few years is playing down to the level of the teams that they face. Um, and you saw some of that against both L.A. and Anaheim, um, although, I mean, they, they just really shelled, you know, Johnson in, the, in that first period yesterday. Um, but they, you know, they were playing in their own end for most of that first period. Um, Detroit could be another situation where, you know, uh, and Detroit has a ton of speed. Um, you know, they're, they're a really young team, and, uh, you know, they've got some 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 young guns, you know, who, who can really skate. So, Flyers should win uh, both of those games, but um, you know you can see them maybe splitting that that home and home. Yeah. So I had Alex McIntyre of the Daily Puck on my on HW Radio on Thursday, and she brought up a, a really good point that maybe sometimes we don't always remember to think about. Where 
you know, the Flyers are, are pretty good against teams like Boston um, or the Rangers, teams that they can keep up with and, and play physical against. Um, but a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who have some faster skaters, who aren't as big, uh, minus guys like Lucic, um, they have a difficult, difficult time adjusting to that style of play. And if you remember, they went down kind of early against Edmonton and had to kind of claw back and catch up, eventually winning in overtime. Um, I think a team like the Red Wings, like like you said, they're kind of a quick team. They have a lot of small, quick guys. Uh, maybe the maybe you might see the same thing where it looks like it's a slow start by the Flyers, but really they're trying to 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 keep up with the Red Wings. Um, maybe they, I'm going to say maybe they drop the first one and come back and win the second one. Um, obviously, I hope they win both. They should win both against the Red Wings, but you never know. So. My prediction for the next four games, starting with tomorrow night, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, home and home with Detroit. I'm going to say they go 2-1-1. One, and one. What do you think, Kev? Um, yeah, I, I think they beat Pittsburgh. I think they have a letdown and, and maybe you know lose in Minnesota and then split um, Detroit with Detroit. So 2-2 two and two or 2-1-1, two, one and one. yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. Um, so it looks like we pretty much covered everything. So let me throw something at you here. Currently, the Flyers are six points away from Pittsburgh. They're, I think, eight points out of Columbus's spot. They still have to pass teams like uh, the Sabres, I believe, and the Hurricanes, who both lost tonight. Can the Flyers make the playoffs? Do you want them to make the playoffs? Well, those are two separate questions there. <laughs> Do I want them to make the playoffs? Not really, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I was really, I was resigned to the fact that they were going to completely suck and were going to be in the running for Jack Hughes. Um, And now they don't look like that's going to happen. I'd hate to see them, you know, go all that way and, and end up losing, you know, in the first round again and, you know, end up picking somewhere around 15th or 16th. Um, I would have to say probably not. Although I do like the fact that they're working out a lot of the kinks. Um, they couldn't keep underperforming the way that they were. I mean, nothing was going right for the Flyers the first half of the season. I mean, they had way too much talent to be that crappy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think they might be playing a little bit ahead of themselves right now, too. Um, or as far as getting away with some wins that maybe, you know, uh, against different opponents, they certainly would not be, uh, be be getting two points out of. Wow, man, you'd be, you'd be perfect for the angry and negative show, Kev. We're going to have to have you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm playing with you because I, I completely agree. I mean, we were talking about, you know, can Carter Hart keep this up with the chances the Flyers are giving up? Um, and if they didn't have Carter Hart back there, there's no doubt in my mind that there would be no such thing as an eight-game winning streak. There would be no such thing as a nine-game point streak. May They'd be lucky to win half of those games, you know. Um, so going back again to Carter Hart saving this team's ass, um, would I like to see this team make the playoffs? Absolutely. Uh, would I – did I – you know, a couple of weeks ago, did I want them to make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I really did. Did I think it was possible? Did I think it could happen? No. I honestly didn't see this turnaround coming. And I was pretty resigned to the fact that they were going to just get their asses whooped 
uh, every other game, you know. Um, so, and then I thought about too. I, like I understand the thinking where you know if they tank, they have a better shot at getting a, a better pick. Like if we look at this roster and we're looking at guys like Nolan Patrick, and I'm not trying to convince you here, okay, Kev? If they have guys like Nolan Patrick who are 20 years old, guys like Konechny or what is he, 23, they have a lot of, they have, I think they have 10 or 11 guys that are under the age of 24. Um, these guys are going to develop and grow, and they're going to get, they should get better uh, through through the next couple months, couple years, whatever it is. If they were to 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 tank and and get a guy like Jack Hughes. I mean, what would happen to the roster? Where would guys go? Like, who's to say that they can't turn it around with the guys they have now? Um, and, and I was resigned to the fact that they were going to miss the playoffs, and I still wanted them to win. And, and I wanted them to continually grow and improve. And if they miss the playoffs by two points, you know, if, as long as guys like Patrick and Sanheim and Konechny, um I could go on and on with that team. They have so many guys. As long as I saw continual improvement... I would say from the five, since Hackstall was fired, that's considered a successful season, as as bad as that is. Um, and I know my name's Angry Jim. I should be angry about all that stuff, but you know I got to look for some positives. Um, so I do want them to make the playoffs because I I like watching this team. I like playoff hockey. Do I think they could lose in the first round? Obviously, yeah. I mean, especially if they get matched up with a guy, with a team like Tampa Bay. Um, but I still would like to see it. I still maybe that's just the uh, the flyer fan, the flyer fan in me. You know, I'm kind of blind by the orange and black there. Um, yeah, I hope they make the playoffs. What uh, what else do we got, Kev? Is there anything you wanted to mention before we wrap up? Uh, just to circle back on one thing I mentioned earlier, uh, Jordan Bennington is nine and one with a one point seven two goals against average and a point nine three four save percentage. Wow, and St. Louis is actually in the in that last wild card spot now in the West. Yep, and they won again today. Get they out won of here! Six in a row, I think. Now is he considered a rookie this year? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, do you think his name is going to come up? What's he? Twenty five years old. Should his name come uh, up? Is he shut us out? I remember that. I mean, we yeah. I think that was his first or second start, and we're all like, "Oh, who's this guy?" If everyone's starting their backup against the Flyers, so. Yeah, I think that was his first start. Maybe it's nice oh. to see uh, his success. It wasn't just us. Barubi's got Barubi's got that team turned around. Yeah, I mean they're and, and they just beat uh, Nashville back to back. Oh, was it back to back? Yep. Yeah, they had a home and home um, yesterday and today against Nashville, um, and they they won both of those games. Let's see, ninety three. Yeah, he's twenty five. He'll be 26 this summer, it looks like. Wow. See, they were they were kind of like the Flyers. Like, they had so much talent on that roster, and they just kind of couldn't put it together. Uh, was Mike Yo the coach at the beginning of that season, beginning of their season? Yep. I don't yeah, understand how that guy fired. keeps getting jobs. Yeah, he, he, um, he got fired right along with uh, John Stevens and, uh, was it McClellan out in Edmonton? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. They were the three coaches that got fired right all around the same time. Um, yeah, I mean, that was nuts because, I mean, they, they looked like they were definitely – I mean, when they brought in O'Reilly and they brought in Bozak and Maroon, you know, it looked like they were definitely, you know, building up for a run, you know, and, and 
you know, I mean, uh, Shen was playing out of his mind last year with Schwartz. Um, you know, and they had Tarasenko. It looked like they were they were really gunning up, and then like the entire team just completely forgot how to score in the first month of the season, and then it was only O'Reilly that was doing anything, and then finally Tarasenko and you know recently Shen. James Schwartz has three goals on the season. He hasn't scored a, a goal in like 23 games, I think, if they said today. And he's been healthy, huh? Like he's been actually playing? It, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he did miss some games earlier in the, in the season, um, but he's played 41 games, I think. Okay, yeah, so he's played the majority of the year. Yeah, he had a, an amazing season last year. Yep, until he got hurt. Uh-huh. You know, he and Shen were, were both, uh, I mean, they were just, they were absolutely lights out. I mean, they, they, their line, or their tandem was only behind um, Stamkos and Kucherov for Tampa as, you know, the most points, you know, for, for two guys um, on, on a line um, up until the point where uh, Schwartz got injured. I mean, Shen was on pace for, like, 45 goals and over 100 points, you know, t- like 25 games into the season. Schwartz was right up there, too, and... Um, and then Schwartz hasn't been the same since he came back from that injury last year. He missed 20, 21 games, and uh, he, he just has not been the same since. Yeah, he definitely looks a little off, but it's, it's cool to see that team turn it around. I mean, it can be done. I mean, that's a prime example that the Flyers, if they could just keep it going, if they can just, you know, uh, tighten a couple things up on the defensive end. Hey, let me ask you a question here. Are you a ghost guy? I'm not necessarily a ghost guy, but I'm certainly not an anti-ghost guy saying that he needs to be traded i think that's nuts okay um all right so how can i ask you this would would you trade him if you got something in return like a top four defenseman like that a shutdown guy i mean it, it really depends i mean he's he is certainly not having a good season he has the ability offensively i think if he's paired with a with the right guy you know, you're looking at a really solid second pair with significant offensive upside. And he is on a, an incredibly team-friendly contract. I mean, $4.5 million for a guy that had, what, 61 or 60 60 points, points yeah, last, dead on. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it would really have to be a big deal to, to move him. You know, because they, they need another solid top four D man. So if they trade him to bring in somebody else, then, you know, it's almost a wash, right? I would, I would want to try to keep him and bring in another top four guy to, to go along with him. Yeah. You know what? And I'm not, I'm not totally opposed to that. My first, whenever I watch him play, at least this year, cause in the, in the past, like even, even last year when he scored 60 points, um, it was kind of a quiet 60 for me. And, and, you know, forgive me all ghost fans out there because how can 60 points from a defenseman be quiet? But, you know, you look at the stat sheet, oh, Ghost has three assists, uh, Ghost has a goal and two assists, something like that. Um, but when I when I watch him lately, some of the stuff that he does out on the ice, is it's just unnecessary. Um, some of the, the pinching, I feel like he pinches almost all the time. And he, yeah. he gets beat more often than not. And, and we're looking at uh, total shots and giving up and things like that. And and I'm like, you know what? A lot of the the chances that the these other teams are getting are are from fast break opportunities, or, um, and, and I I don't mean to be kind of uh, piling on ghost here, 
But uh, I think a lot of it stems from when he's out on the ice. Uh, and, I, and I do appreciate your, your point of view because I, I think that you're right where he does need somebody that they can pair him up with and that person's currently not on the roster. So that could be uh, something for, for Fletcher that instead of moving Ghost, because that would be pretty easy to do, just, oh, this guy's not performing, let's move him. Why don't you go out and get a guy that you can pair with him and see what happens? Yeah, because you've got, you know, you've got defensemen across the league, you know, that that get 20 points and they're, you know, they're on contracts for, you know, $4.5 million. Um, So I think he's, and if he's signed for three three or four years, I think after this season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and. I mean, what did he have? Seventeen goals his first season, and you know he had sixty-five point or sixty whatever it was points last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they need a, they need one more defenseman. They they don't need just a swap ghost for somebody else. Yeah. So. Um, no, you're right. I I agree with you. And an in-season trade with a a team that's looking to add an offensive defenseman and and willing to give up a defensive defenseman is probably most likely not going to happen. So, yeah, good points by you. You know what I... Go ahead. No, I just said thanks. Uh, You're welcome. You know what I forgot to bring up was the the call-up of the one Phil Myers. How do you feel about that? yeah. That's my boy. There you go. Go ahead. That's my boy. Um, Yeah, he... I, I still say that he has a higher total upside than Sandheim does. Um, he's, he's much better defensively than Sandheim is, and he's not much less of an offensive defenseman than Sandheim is. They, they both are tremendous skaters. Did you see his goal Friday night? I did. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean that, you know, that's, you, you see him do, I mean, he, he can skate from end to end and, score or you know create uh scoring chances like that and and to see him just skate like that you know up the the left side and cut in go around the defenseman go you know and then doopsie do around the goalie and and tap that in i mean i i am so like he's finally uh going to be up with the flyers and remember he's a year younger than sandheim is so um just the fact that Sandheim got called up before he did is, is not necessary. You know, it wasn't because of the talent wise, you know, I, their progression has been, you know, really similar. Cause remember Sandheim started with the team last year, but was really not doing much of anything, got sent back down and then called up uh, in January or I think sometime in January or, or maybe early February, he came back up, you know, and then from there on out, he's, you know, he, he showed, much more on the ice um so Myers is, is tracking right along where Sandheim was and when when we've got both those guys up there I mean uh Dan Silver and I have been singing his praises for you know the last couple of years saying that you know he's potentially going to be Proby's partner as the top pairing um you know and then you've got the the right hand uh left hand on that top pair which is going to be great they're both you know he and Proby will be you know both really good skaters um, you know, solid, you know, in every aspect of their game. So, yeah, I just, I absolutely love That's going to wrap up this episode of the Angry Jim Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Kevin Fortier. 
uh, go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter, guys, at KS40A. He's always down to talk Flyers hockey. Uh, be on the lookout for some new content from Kevin on uh, for Philly is Flyer. Uh, as for myself, you can find me on uh, Wednesday as part of the Angry and Negative show and on Thursday with Jack on HW Radio. We'll have a special guest for you. Uh, so take care, guys, and let's go Flyers.